I have Wheeler Uter with me right now. Uh, Death Before Dishonor is coming up July 23rd. Everybody can watch it on Bleacher Report. Uh, I'll get into that. Uh, how are you doing today? Doing good. How about you, man? Not too bad. Uh, Thanks for having me. I, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, you know, looking at this event going in, there's a lot going on, you know, as far as this being uh, having enough time being promoted uh it's a little bit of a contrast uh compared to what supercard was there was a lot of uncertainty um but you also competed in um you know not the original tournament but the 2020 uh ring of honor peer tournament uh then you had the transition to AEW now going into this match uh does it feel cer- like a full circle moment in a way because you know you left what you knew you you had this uh you know, introduction with the best friends. And then now you're getting to go back to what you thought you were going to be doing for the better part of, you know, 2020. Uh, how's it feel going into this match? Yeah. Being the ring of honor, pure champion is, uh, it really does, like you said, feel like it came full circle. I really felt like I had unfinished business in ring of honor. Um, I, I've never really had many regrets in my wrestling career, but I did kind of feel like I left a lot on the table in ring of honor when I wound up coming to AEW maybe a little sooner than I thought. So uh, not, not being able to get that pure championship uh, in my first run in ring of honor was something that I always kind of looked back at with some regret. Mm-hmm. So being able to now be the pure champion uh, usher in this new era of ring of honor is really exciting to me. I think ring of honor has always had very distinct eras. So now to see it come into the future and it's gone through its changes, it's evolved, but it's really a mixing like a melting pot sort of of everyone. It's got uh, people from the original uh, early days of ring of honor. It's got people that were carrying it right up until the sale. And then it's got uh, this sort of new crop myself and Daniel Garcia. So it's really exciting to see how ring of honor sort of shaping up. And I'm really happy to be a part of it. Yeah. It's it, I'm glad you put it that way. Cause there, there really are like, if you look at it, different eras where it's like the beginning and then there was uh, I'll say right before, like, the bullet club era and then you know that one the sinclair period and then now there's this the you know the i I don't really know if it has a name yet but you know we're we're waiting to find out what it becomes so i think having you know people that uh ring of honor fans are familiar with like yourself um uh then you have samoa joe who's i would say more of a, a legacy competitor even though he's still active and you know at the top of his game um but uh a newer name maybe from for uh aew and ring of honor fans daniel garcia i uh started learning about his work i'd say maybe about two years ago when he was doing some work in new england with uh limitless uh you guys had a match that uh and i'll set it up this way usually i do a watch list feature where i'll ask recommendations uh you know kind of get your comments looking back on a match that maybe stood out for a certain way this one i already know is up on youtube for free in full it went uh over an hour i believe or it went an hour Mm -hmm. uh the independent uh TV world championship match from IWTV 100. So I'm going to include that match, but uh, you like, you already have experience with him. It's quite a bit of ring time. So how do you go into this title match, 
you know, the, the ROH title match, knowing that you already have that one, knowing that people can kind of do their homework, how do you want it to stand out, especially within the parameters of the, you know, the, the pure match coming up? Yeah, I think that it's, it's interesting because Garcia and I had never wrestled until that hour long draw that we had for the independent wrestling championship. So we'd never touched. And then we were so evenly matched that we went to an hour long draw. Uh, so I think that it'll be a very uh, unique match to have here with the pure rules, but I think that those will be what set it apart. Uh, we of course have the only, only three rope breaks. Uh, we can't do close fist to the face. One's a warning. The second's a DQ. So I think the rules will really shape the match, but I also think that, this is so much more personal than the first match we had. And I think that's really going to make it stand out. The first time we wrestled, it was all about uh, the independent wrestling championship. Uh, it was all just, just for that championship and for seeing who the better man was. Now, now this is personal. Now he's tried to hurt my friends. Um, I've said some things about him in interviews that uh, he's taken some exception to that I think uh, will probably be airing ahead of the pay-per-view this weekend. So no spoilers there, but just, knowing that it's getting more and more personal, I think will make this a much more uh, fast paced, a much more violent, even within the confines of pure rules. Um, I think the, the match is just going to be very different than the first time. Cause it's not, this isn't about sportsmanship anymore. Mm-hmm. Now I I'm going to include that match. Uh, is there any other one that stands out, whether it's a pure rules match, ring of honor match, AEW match that, uh, you know, really feels like rep best represents your work to this point, or maybe what people can, you know, expect at death before dishonor. Like, I know I said, I'm including that match because Garcia is in it, but is there any, anything else that really stands out as far as like, you know, something you're, you're really proud of for one way, one reason or another. If you're trying to sort of gear up for the pay-per-view, I would probably recommend watching some of the other pure rules matches. Uh, there's ones that I had in Ring of Honor, for example, one with Jonathan Gresham, uh, the Ring of Honor world champion. That's one that I had in that tournament to crown the new pure champion back in 2020. Um, I also have had them in AEW. I've had one with Josh Woods. I had one with Ring of Honor and an AEW with him. And then another one with Tony Nice. So I would check those out uh, just maybe to familiarize yourself with the rules, especially, but also to see what I can do within the confines of those styles. Yeah, absolutely. And I know there's, there's so much stuff that you can watch, but really I I think you made the point, uh, put it the right way. Like go ahead and educate yourself. If you're not familiar with pure rules, it's definitely, uh, it's a unique, uh, division that, you know, it, it really tests you. I think as a competitor, it really makes you focus on the rules and, you know, you get more, uh, more athletic based competition and it's less heels and faces. It's even though there's some of that stuff that goes on, but it's really comes down to like pure sport in a way, not to, you know, use the pun with pure, but (laughs) yeah, it's, it's just, it's definitely a different style match, but I mean, Blackpool combat club, part of our thing is trying to be able to leave scars on you with just our, just the tools we have, just our hands, our feet and our, our wrestling. So that's something that I'm looking forward to do with uh, Garcia. Yeah. Now Blackpool combat club, uh, you know, the dynamics interesting because your introduction with best friends, you know, if people know it or not, but you know, 
those guys are some of your real life friends. Uh, that's how you're introduced to AEW. But uh, I mean, you you have John Moxley, William Regal, Brian Danielson. You know, not right now, but you know he's part of the group. Claudio. How does that dynamic? You know, you went from working with your real life friends, and then you have you know sort of a mantra with Blackpool Combat Club. How was it? You know, did you have to adjust to that dynamic at all? Because it's obviously you're familiar with this group, but it's also, you know, you're going from a comedy based group to a more serious one where it's violence, as you said, uh, leaving a scar on you, like, you know, very gritty, like, how did that change? Like, how did you deal with that change? Yeah, it's, uh, it's very different. Like, uh, Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor are two of my trainers as well. So really it's a obviously a very different philosophy that they have versus what's in the Blackpool Combat Club and what I'm doing now. Uh, but I think that the reason that I wound up in the Blackpool Combat Club is because the kind of wrestling that I like, um, obviously I enjoyed all the stuff I did with the best friends, but the kind of wrestling that I like grew up on and always was really a fan of is much more um, akin to the Blackpool Combat Club style. So there's definitely been an adjustment period because it's a completely different role that I'm in now. But the training has been uh, super helpful because we are training together. So Brian Danielson helps train with us. Uh, Regal helps train with us. Moxley, I'm sure Claudia will now that he's uh, now that he's coming into the fold. He actually was there last week. So being able to have all these guys really mentor me and try to get me in that right mindset, I think, has mm-hmm. helped the adjustment period immensely. Like having those mentors really beating you over the head with this is what we're doing. This is how you do it. Um, has really been helpful. And they're also helping me find my own way though. They're like, all right, now how, how would you fit into this particular situation? How would you fit into this particular situation and guiding me in that? So being able to have those mentors has really, really helped the adjustment. Yeah. And then on the flip side of it, like I'm saying Blackpool combat Cubs so serious. And, but then, you know, you have these behind the scene pictures that went up on social media where, you know, the hands on the hip poses and, <laughs> Uh, so clearly you guys have a sense of humor. What can you maybe shed some light on? What was the inspiration behind that picture? Uh, Regal's going to be so mad at me. Um, it's a very famous British ska band, which name is escaping me and it's their album cover. Uh, that's what we were doing in that picture. So (laughs) Mr. Regal, I'm sorry, please don't beat me up for forgetting their name. Um, (laughs) but yeah, so that's, that's where that one came from. Uh, Beyond Gorilla is one of the uh, photographers. Uh, he's also from the UK, so they were there and they took that picture for us. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll I'll put like the the album cover over. I'll try to help you out as best as I can. <laughs> I, I can't think of it either. Yeah. Um, you know, it, one other thing that kind of caught my interest. I remember when I I first started seeing your work. Um, you you obviously had the face mask. And I believe, I don't remember what the interview was or where the interview was, but you said like Big Hero 6, Tron, Blade Runner, sort of, you know, that stuff influenced it, your look to different degrees. Um, Anything right now stand out? Because I know it's a little bit more stripped down, you know, doesn't you know, that stuff doesn't really fit what you're doing now, but anything in uh, 
popular culture or media sort of influencing you right now? I mean, we just talked about an album cover, but anything yeah. that maybe doesn't stand out right away? It's really tough to say right now because now I think I'm really focused on just what I'm doing in the ring, just kind of making that adjustment. So it really is sort of uh, kind of stripping everything back right now and then rebuilding from there. So it's tough to say if there's a, a pop culture thing that really sticks out in my head right now uh, because I'm more focused on what I'm doing in the ring. But yeah, the, the mask, the original idea was uh, from Big Hero 6, where uh, obviously uh, Hiro Hamada, the main character, is a smaller guy and he's not really able to do as much. Like he's not a superhero. So he builds a superhero, basically. And then he builds himself like this suit of armor to turn himself into a superhero. So that was kind of the plan with that. So I was like going to build on the mask and go to kind of different things as well. Build myself into a robot almost. Um, <laughs> but that, that never really... Uh, fleshed out the way I wanted it to. And then I sort of took obviously a different direction, wound up with the best friends and now here at the Blackpool Combat Club. But yeah, so nothing really right now. I'm very focused on uh, what I'm doing in the ring. Mm -hmm. uh, when you were with the best friends, I, this is something else I read. Uh, Trent said that there was a plan for you guys to fight each other so that uh, you would win his respect. But obviously it got put on hold because you moved over to Blackpool Combat Club. Can you maybe uh, shed any more light, share some details on that, like what you knew from your end? Because obviously you came in, it was different uh, from what Ring of Honor fans knew from you, but you know, people, I think, really embraced you in the group right away. And yeah. then I, you know, Blackpool Combat Club, like it's still working. People are embracing you in that way. But can you just talk maybe about like, what would have happened with that match or feud? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he pretty much covered it, but you can kind of see um, for some of our interactions, like uh, we would all do the thing where we're all standing on the stage and then everyone would get a fist bump and he'd like pat me on the head or do something kind of dismissive and walk away. So really, I think the whole thing was obviously I'm friends with Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor as they are my trainers, uh, but it was really just trying to prove myself to him because uh, he never really accepted me within the group. So I guess it was just sort of proving that I'm not trying to be his replacement or I'm not trying to be less than I'm trying to be my own thing in this group, I think was the whole point. Mm -hmm. uh, but of course we never uh, got to have that match, but now it's going to be myself and Moxley against the best friends. So we will see how that goes. Um, it's going to be an interesting matchup for sure. You've worked. Uh, I've mentioned ring of honor, AEW obviously, but then uh combat zone wrestling you've worked internationally different indies throughout the united states and all of the i think mlw too uh all of those companies have their own sort of flavor a lot of them let you work your own style but uh i kind of get this like territory wrestler vibe from you like obviously <laughs> there was Chris Jericho was probably one of the more famous ones. I know JBL, like Owen Hart. Uh, do you look, I mean, is that something you, you want to do? Maybe want to see more talent do? Because we're, now it seems like there's indies and you, you work, you know, the style you want or how you see yourself. And then that is what gets you signed. But do you feel like there's a, you know, some value in working all those territories, working all those companies, 
Do you see like value in younger talent doing that? Yeah. If I were able to give advice to like younger wrestlers, I would just say travel as much as you can get as much experience as you can go as many places as you can. Um, obviously when I started wrestling, AEW didn't exist. Um, and the only reason that it does exist is because the, the guys that founded it, the, like the bucks, Kenny, Cody, like everyone was just traveling, doing all those independents, doing the same thing you were just saying. That was the model that guys like me coming up after them were following. We're just trying to do the independence, trying to get as much buzz and recognition. It's the same thing that Claudio did. It's the same thing that Danielson did. Moxley did like, we're just trying to follow, you know, um, the independence and trying to learn as much as you can from as many different places. And my goal was never like, I'm going to do all this, get as much exposure as I can and get signed. Uh, mine was more, I'm going to do all this, get as much exposure as I can so I can become the best wrestler I can be. And then hopefully that will lead to uh, bigger opportunities such as maybe a contract, maybe a full-time job somewhere. And then of course, AEW gets founded. It's incredible now that I have that place and it happened so much sooner than I thought. But yeah, I think that there's immense value. You, you grow so much as a competitor, just getting out of your comfort zone, like going to Japan made me just such a better wrestler going to Germany, made me such a better wrestler going to all these places, having to put yourself in these different situations that way, when something does come your way and it happens to be on television, you're ready for it. You've done it before in some capacity. So it's really exciting to have all those experiences and now see it kind of pay off. But yeah, I would recommend that anyone, anyone anywhere who wants to be a professional wrestler, travel as much as you can and try to go to as many places as you can. That's international. I'll close with this on a, a more local level. Uh, how has uh, being a Philly sports fan impacted you, whether it's your competitiveness <laughs> as a wrestler or just in general, how has your Philly fandom affected you for better or worse? Oh man, this is a tough question. Um, I think that it has uh, taught me how to deal with pain, uh, heartbreak, tragedy, uh, no, <laughs> given me some of the best moments of my life as well. I think that uh, being a Philly sports fan has kind of shown me, you just have to, you have to go with the flow. You have to trust the process, no pun intended, but you have to sort of, uh, take what you can get. Hopefully uh, things will work out well, but you know, seeing the, the Phillies do well this year has given me a lot of hope. Hopefully they'll uh, make it to the playoffs, even with Harper out. But yeah, I think being a Philly sports fan, it's also given me some toughness and some grit because, you know, you go to those games and uh, everyone's, it's like a pack of rabid animals. Like we're all just so, <laughs> so into it for our team. So it's given me a lot of pride as well. Uh, but yeah, it's taught me a lot of uh, lessons about heartbreak and triumph certainly some bad years but also some good ones <laughs> i was here i i can't say uh i am an eagles fan i moved here after or you know while that was going on but it was it was yeah. really cool to see the super bowl win i've been here for some mm -hmm. bad years but uh certainly you know I, i'm rooting for the phillies i baseball is yeah. my sport but uh Death Before Dishonor, July 23rd. You could watch it on Bleacher Report. If you're in the United States, you'll be facing off with Daniel Garcia. Uh, hopefully a, a continued reign, a, a long title reign for you. Uh, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Uh, best of luck this weekend. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, hopefully everyone gets uh, Death Before Dishonor this weekend. And 
I'll do my best. Thanks.